This is Frank Dominguez for the WDAV Piedmont Arts Podcast. The Charlotte Symphony Orchestra just announced their 2019-2020 season, which begins on September 27th and runs through the first weekend of the following May. And here to talk about the Classical Series concerts is music director Christopher Warren Green, as well as uh, Mary Deisler, uh, who is the uh, executive director of the orchestra. So good to have both of you here. Uh, and let's start with you, Maestro. Before we get into specific programs, can you tell me something about what the process of selecting a season is like? You know, as a radio programmer, I imagine that it's a lot of fun, but also uh, a lot of work. So how does it go for you? Well, I can only imagine that as a radio programmer, you have the same problem. Yeah. But repetition is one of the things you have to be careful with. But also, you have to remember that in this city, in this region, there is only one symphony orchestra, and that's the Charlotte Symphony. And I'm very glad we've got WDAV. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, so you need to give the audience um, a, a fair menu, so that whilst also dragging them along into pieces that they may not have heard before or might find challenging, uh, you need something there for everyone. And at the same time, you have to look after the health of the orchestra, because if you neglect certain repertoire, then the orchestra's standard can slip. And I think you'll agree that the orchestra's standard's risen dramatically, especially in the last few years. And you have to make sure that you've got the right number of soloists and the right type, so you can't have all cellists or all pianists. Usually more pianists than uh, cellist violinists. And we also try to have either a trumpet or a saxophone or another instrument in the season and voice, of course. So, yeah, you, you end up jumping through hoops. There are other limitations, too, but we won't go into them. We'll leave those to the executive director. <laughs> what have you planned to launch the season on the weekend of September 27th through the 29th? Well, this is... I always, as you know, Frank, I always um, collaborate very much uh, with the right-hand side of the brain end of the building, and that is to make sure that we are getting to people because music exists in the hearts of the audience. If you don't have an audience you know, you've got problems. So we try to have a blockbusting weekend, if you like, to open the season every year so that you just know there's nothing on that program that's going to turn anybody away. So the opening of the season is all Tchaikovsky with uh, Capriccio Italien, which has not been done for a very long time, I believe, in, in Charlotte, and uh, the Piano con uh, Concerto Number no. 1, which is an all-time favourite, and his Symphony Number no. 5, What's Not to Like, Exactly. I love that program. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what have you planned uh, as far as the uh, commemorating the 250th anniversary of Beethoven? I know that there are several programs built around Beethoven's music. So, well, there are. Um, the the thing about again having an orchestra with uh, so many weeks of classical programs, etc. If you one was to put on a, um, a complete Beethoven cycle, you would get through the entire nine symphonies. The, the masses, Mr. Solemnis, etc., and all five piano concertos, and then you wouldn't be able to play any of them for about five years. Mm -hmm. Now, you can't do that, so obviously. Um, we've got some blockbusters. The, the Misa Solemnis is in there. The Ninth Symphony, the Choral Symphony, the one everybody adores, is not in there because we've done it quite often recently and we need to keep it. And quite frankly, I could be shot down for saying this, but the Misa Solemnis is arguably a better piece even than the Ninth, but the, uh, the iconic symphony is the Ninth. We have um, Beethoven's Pastoral Symphony uh, in another program. We have Beethoven's Fourth, 
um, with the Brahms Violin Concerto, sorry, Concerto for Violin and Cello, which has not been done for a very long time. And in that is a fantastic new piece called Field Guide by a contemporary composer. Um, and also just on the Beethoven front, we've got uh, Beethoven's Emperor Concerto, uh, along with his Leonora Overture Number no. 3. But in the middle of that is a Sibelius Symphony. Wow. Now, the Sibelius Symphony is not, you know, um, Sibelius is not so uh, easy to sell here as it is in the UK or in Scandinavia, especially Finland, which I know is not Scandinavia. But um, the seventh and also the sixth symphonies of Sibelius are stunning. And I wish we had time to do more Sibelius symphonies. We'll watch this space, we probably will. But that sort of really kick, uh, ticks the box, if you like, for um, Beethoven's um, 250th. Mary, let me bring you into the conversation and tell us about some of the other conductors, since it's impossible for Christopher Warren Green to lead every single performance that are coming to uh, perform for the Charlotte Symphony Orchestra. And let me start by echoing the happy birthday wishes, Frank. You've Thank built you. an amazing station, and we're so lucky to have you here in Charlotte. Thank you very much. So we have uh, interesting, a couple interesting guests coming in, because as you say, Christopher um, can't do the whole season. Uh, Hans Graf will be appearing for the first time with the Charlotte Symphony, so very excited to have him with us. He'll be doing the Brahms second and a Mozart violin concerto with the young violinist Angela Yu, who I think you brought to Charlotte, Chris. No, WDAV did. Ah, okay. <laughs> this was a young man that I heard on WDAV, and I rang the office and said, hire him straight away, and he was a huge success, so he's uh, coming back with Hans Graf. I love that story. That's a, a great story. And Joanne Folletta. Uh, who, again, has not been with the Charlotte Symphony, will be here doing the Beethoven Pastorale, and the Piazzolla, the solo version of Four Seasons. So those are our two older established ones, if you will. A Baroque program with Jeanette Sorrell. Oh. Red-haired, slightly crazy but wonderful musician who's known to lead from the harpsichord as well as conduct. So we'll have some Brandenburgs and a little bit of Vivaldi and Haydn on it. And our listeners would probably be familiar with her from her group, Apollo's Fire. Absolutely. She's built a huge reputation for this group really around the world now. Mm -hmm. And then a young Venezuelan conductor, Ilias Rivas, who made his Atlanta Symphony debut at the age of 16. He's now the ripe old age of 26, but <laughs> living and working over in London. And he'll do the Dvorak from the New World. That's excellent. Uh, back to you, uh, Christopher Warren Green, to ask you about some of the other works on the program. I noticed the Organ Symphony by Saint-Saëns is part of the season. What do you think explains the enduring appeal of that work? Well, in recent times, if I'm perfectly honest, it's to do with the, um, the movie Babe. Mm -hmm. um, although I really don't quite approve of the treatment he got in the film. There's a lot of electronic uh -huh. uh, versions of the theme. But um, there's also something else underlining in Saint-Saëns' organ symphony, or the third symphony that's become known as the organ symphony. One is the power of the organ, of course. The other is the use of the dies irae. The dies irae is a plain song, plain chant, that obsessed Rachmaninoff. And uh, mm. last weekend we played, or a couple of weekends back, we played Rachmaninoff's symphonic dances, and of course it's quoted in that, and in many of his other pieces. And I think there's something evocative about this Dies Irae, which is a day of wrath, that some composers' treatments of it uh, make the piece extremely appealing. Having said all of that, 
It is simply sublime music, and the slow movement, which sort of, uh, you know, it falls into the slow movement from the first movement, is one of those moments when the heavens open and you're just transported to the real world, not the one we live in. <laughs> and uh, that's why I'm so glad I'm a musician. That's beautiful. Uh, what are some of the other concerts you're especially excited about? Well, I miss that Beethoven 8. I'm doing that as well <laughs> at some point. I'm always excited about the Misa Solemnis, of course. But, you know, we often have these conversations, <laughs> you and I, but I, the entire, some people say, what is your repertoire? Are you a classicist? Are you a romantic? Well, to be a, a, a half-decent conductor, you have to be able to conduct everything especially the Baroque, the classics, Mozart, Haydn into Beethoven, they are much harder to conduct than the modern stuff. So the entire repertoire is my repertoire. I find it difficult to conduct stuff I don't like, but I will do a proper job with it. But there's another program on here, which I, I, we've spoken about this as well before, that how much I love Russian music. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're, we're bringing back the Firebird Suite of Stravinsky, the 1919 version. But I'm introducing a new piece on that program to Charlotte, which is Elgar's In the South, Alessio. Ah, yeah. And so I wanted, you know, something, also opening the program with Mussorgsky's Night on a Bald Mountain. The fascination for me with this is that I conducted these pieces in my first season with the Charlotte Symphony. So in my 10th season, it's quite nice to see how different they're going to be, because it's a different orchestra, and I think I would have to say I'm a different conductor. And it helps me uh, launch in the South Alasio and to maybe get Elgar a little bit more liked. Um, mm -hmm. Certainly our audiences, when I've played Vaughan Williams, have really loved it and appreciated it. Um, particularly, of course, the masterpiece, the Talis Fantasia, where we got a standing ovation and it was the first piece on the program. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being British, it's quite nice for me to be able to, you know, present British music to our audience. And it's, as I say, because it's new to the audience, it needs a blockbusting program in there, which the Firebird is. Mary, let me bring you back in to ask you about some of the other series that the Charlotte Symphony puts on, because the season is more than just the classical season, which is what we like to spend some time talking to Christopher Warren Green about. But what else is the Charlotte Symphony going to be up to in this 2019-2020 season? We are focusing our pop series on Music From Your Life will be our subtitle to it. So we'll have a tribute to Frank Sinatra to open the series. We will have a totally 80s show so you can get up and practice your disco dancing. A show focusing on Broadway with Les Mis and Miss Saigon tunes. A patriotic pops. So a nice mixture of both traditional and a little bit uh, more current pops shows. And then our film series continues to grow and do really well for us. So in addition to bringing back Home Alone, Thanksgiving weekend, which was a runaway hit for us, we'll be doing Nightmare Before Christmas around uh, the Halloween time. Beauty and the Beast after Christmas, uh, Star Wars, another Harry Potter. So the film series, again, doing really well for the symphony. And it's very uh, anticipated, judging from the comments I hear from uh, folks that I meet in the community who enjoy WDAV and our own film music show that we do on uh, Friday night's Real Music. They seem to really enjoy experiencing uh, the music of those beloved movies with the live orchestra. It's a different experience in that way. Absolutely. 
Well, that's uh, it, a lot of young people actually probably don't even realize that there's a philharmonic orchestra playing behind that right. screen on their video game and all the rest of it. So bringing, um, you know, music through film is great. I worked with Frank Sinatra, you know, so this concert better be good. <laughs> I, yeah, I did. I was, good. I was 13 at the time. Um, no, but in London uh, he came and the auction was absolutely fantastic because everybody wanted to work with him. I bet. As you look back on your previous seasons with the Charlotte Symphony Orchestra and look ahead to this next one, how would you say the orchestra has grown and changed? Oh, where to start? You know, we've always been lucky because we have a mixture of very experienced players and medium experienced players and new blood coming in. And I have always, when people have retired from the orchestra or left the orchestra, gone for the appointment that is probably going to be, at some point during their career, the first player or a player with one of the world's great orchestras, or one of the Magic Five, as the Americans call their top mm -hmm. five orchestras. And I don't mind if they leave two years later, because I'll get another equally good or even better one. And that has been the trend especially with the first trumpet chair in, in recent years. And I'm ruthless about this. Well, I say ruthless. I'm not a ruthless person at all. <laughs> but I do take care of the whole. And um, if something is hurting the orchestra, I repair it or I um, put in a new part um, because I think that's a necessary duty. Um, but we've been uh, fortunate in being able to appoint, attract to Charlotte some really, really fabulous players and uh, that, as I say, that weight of experience with the new um, uh, people coming has completely transformed the orchestra. It's a different sound. And we've worked on that as well, I would have to say, because we're a mid-Atlantic sound. The Charlotte Symphony doesn't want to, will never sound like St. Louis mm -hmm. or Chicago. But it can sound, especially with my predecessor as well, Christoph Perrick, who was from Germany. Mm -hmm. So the German school was there. And we've lost in modern times, a lot of that sound that was an American orchestra sounded this way. And sometimes a European or a British orchestra in particular might try to copy them. Bad idea. And vice versa, a British orchestra trying to sound like a German orchestra, a German orchestra trying to sound like a British orchestra. Now, because we've got this rainbow world, which I am so pleased about, it's very different. Orchestras are sounding more samey. And mm -hmm. we have to be careful of that because an orchestra is an instrument like a Stradivarius, or, you know, or it could be an orange box, you don't know. But, uh, you know, to be a great conductor, you need a great orchestra and vice versa. And creating a sound is very important. And that's, and it's not built overnight. And that's what we have now. Our orchestra has a, un a particular sound. And they fly by the seat of their pants now, which I find very exciting. I know I speak for a lot of our listeners and many people in the community when I say that we're really looking forward to see what's ahead in the next season, 2019-2020 season. My guest has been the Charlotte Symphony's music director, Christopher Warren Green, and also executive director, Mary Deisler. Speaking about the orchestra's just announced upcoming season, you can find it at their website, charlottesymphony.org, and there's also a link to it from the Piedmont Arts podcast page at wdav.org. Uh, Mary and Christopher, thank you so much for being here. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. Thanks to our colleagues at WFAE for the loan of their Spirit Square studio for this interview. For the Piedmont Arts Podcast, I'm Frank Dominguez.